Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hi everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm joined by my friends at the Guinness Open Gate Brewery. Uh, I think you you win the record for being on the most times or even close definitely close uh ryan wagner the what is ogb that you have listed there oh open gate brewery i thought you uh but ryan wagner the the guinness ambassador for the guinness open gate brewery who's got me confused because that's easy to do and then more importantly holly stevenson the i mean I'm sorry, Ryan. I like her better. <laughs> um, and uh, you are the head brewer, right? Is that the right title? Yep. Head brewer yep. of the Guinness Open Gate Brewery. So, thank you for joining me. We are almost to the day on the anniversary of the last time we talked, Ryan, where we laid out all these amazing things that were going to happen to uh celebrate saint patrick's day at the at the brewery and then right before releasing i had to record a special message claiming that none of it was happening because the world decided to shut down so hopefully this year everything we talk about is going to happen as planned well, you're putting an awful lot of risk here, buddy, because if for whatever reason, I sincerely hope this isn't the case, but if we have to cancel everything on St. Patrick's Day again, the only thing that will be the same is that we talk to you both times before it happened. So, <laughs> um, no, it's it's uh, it's hard to believe it's been a year. You know, we've been talking about this a lot. That was, uh, you know, it's you put it in context now was the fact that we had to shut down before St. Patrick's Day, a big deal in, in the scheme of things. Absolutely not. I mean, what's gone on in the yeah. world? Uh, you look really across the globe and even if you turn locally, you know, the work that's had to have happened for all of our friends in the restaurant industry, the bar industry, the brewing industry. Um, it's been really amazing to see the work that everybody's been doing to keep their doors open, to keep their folks employed. Uh, so looking back, yeah, I remember that day specifically, we shut down on March 13th, which was the Friday before St. Patrick's Day. And uh, I went home that night really, you know, sort of despairing and upset and, you know, concerned about our staff. Uh, and then when I sat down and took a few minutes, I thought, well, this is probably going to be a much bigger deal than just Guinness shutting down before St. Patrick's Day. So uh, there was definitely a moment of of selfish frustration, but uh, quickly replaced by just concern and worry about uh, everybody, really, locally and, and much further than that. Well, I remember, and it wasn't like a even just me thinking that way, like looking back to then, I think most people thought like, all right, we're going to have a couple weeks, maybe a month of this sucking and then we'll get back to normal and then here we are a year later yeah yeah it's uh we we've um you know holly and i have very very close and and so we've talked a lot throughout this entire year and there are a lot of things that we miss you know i think that uh you, you didn't really think about those things in terms of that first two week or even month shutdown um, but just being around friends, being around family, birthdays and celebrations, and even, you know, loss and, and being able to mourn with with people uh, has been a real challenge. Um, and 
you know, from a hospitality standpoint, we've been trying to come up with new hospitality models almost weekly. You know, you try to find ways to still engage with people. You try to find ways to to get your beer out into the world in the way that you intended it to get out there. Um, and, you know, I'm just, I, at this point, as we sit here now, a year later, as you point out, I think what I often think about is just the work that our team has done at the brewery. You know, the staff, the learning an entirely new way to do business, essentially making people feel safe, making people feel uh, protected and comfortable that they could come in and for a few minutes kind of put that baggage down for for a little while. It's not going anywhere. We know that it's going to be waiting for them when they get back out to the parking lot. But um, to create that kind of uh, that kind of atmosphere has been a challenge for sure. But it's also been a little rewarding as we've seen them just blossom and, and come alive. Uh, our team, our staff, uh, they've done an incredible job. And, uh, you know, I think we'd all love to live in a world where it hadn't happened. But you look for silver linings as often as you can. And you know, in addition to the work that our, our staff has done, I think also when you uh, you look at COVID and all the all the tumult and upset that that caused, and then you also take a look at the social uprising that took place uh, and what that allowed us to do without as much business going on was to step back and really figure out a way to make an impactful difference and an impactful change. And um, the work that Holly and the Brewers have been doing, uh, the work that Guinness has kind of done nationally uh, and internationally has been really remarkable. So to be a part of that has been a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say a lot of fun. I think that's a weird way to put it, but it's been very rewarding to be a part of it. Because uh, yeah, uh, Guinness raised a ton of money or even just donated a ton of money to help the hospitality in- industry. Is that is that correct? Am I remembering that correctly? Uh, yeah. So we uh, made an initial donation of, I want to say it was a half million dollars. Don't quote me on that. I can, I can Google it and make sure. I, I remember it's... there being a lot of zeros. Yeah, it was a half million dollars to the U.S. Bartenders Guild, uh, the emergency fund that the USBG runs, which is a hugely important um, charitable arm as part of the USBG. And something that for people that are even out there listening right now, you, you don't even need to be a member of the USBG to apply for and take advantage of that uh, that program. So I would highly recommend people looking into that. Uh, but then in addition to that, that's sort of a national program. We also focus a lot locally. So working with the Maryland Food Bank, you know, the work that the food bank does under the best of circumstances is critically important, but food scarcity and food insecurity, I mean, becomes epically uh, more prevalent in times when people are out of work, which obviously during COVID was massive. Um, And then also, you know, standing in solidarity with Black Lives Matter, uh, working for better in our community and finding organizations where we could use our platform to elevate their voices and elevate their missions uh, has been a huge focus for us. And I'll, I'll defer to Holly, but the, the work that the brewing team has done using our beer as a vehicle for change and as a vehicle to elevate those voices has been, uh, it's been remarkable, man, to see that project come together. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously like these, the larger donations that we've made really move the needle um, in the community. Um, you know, so with the, the food bank and uh, JOTF, the Job Opportunities Task Force, Visit Baltimore, um, Balt, and also, uh, so outside of Guinness brand, but just Diageo um, last month uh, announced $10 million to, a $10 million fund to support, um, I think 24 different HBCUs. Uh, So that's been really awesome. But I think, uh, you know, for me as a beer geek, a brewer, and you know, fan of the of taproom culture um it was and i know this was important for ryan and and for for the other brewers too but just to to find a way to um you know to make it known that 
you know, our vision for tap room culture at our spot, you know, as a place that is um, welcoming and a safe space um, is something that, you know, that, that we'll be constantly working toward. And I think the collaboration series has kind of helped us to talk about that uh, on a platform that we wouldn't have otherwise had to, to reach people. Um, so that's been, that's been really awesome. And that's the allyship through through collaboration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's series we're calling we're loosely calling allyship through collaboration. And we um we currently have them we've had let's see the plan for January through May and we're working on uh the plan through the summer. But so we started out with uh with CS um with two local um yeah, there it is. Um black beer instagrammers uh, so jackie curly craft beer traveler was um kind of i guess other than ryan really was probably my first like beer friend that i made in baltimore um i'm honored <laughs> <laughs> and um and so i talked to jackie about um you know talking about which to be interested in collaborating what it might look like and uh and she brought on courtney holden um who is black beer geek on Insta. And, um, and we brewed this first beer together to see us. Um, it was a sweet potato pie themed brown ale. Um, and it was, you know, I think, I think it was a lot of fun uh, to brew and it's, it's fun to see it still getting reposted on Instagram. And it's, it's just cool to have been able to kind of, to loan our platform um, to their to their voices on this on you know on the issue of inclusion in tap rooms. Um, where um where did the idea of the program come from? Uh, yeah, pointing in the <laughs> wrong direction. Figured that out. Well, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a no brainer like for me that we needed to do something to change the landscape of our own tap room um, <clears throat> if we were going to be talking about this as our values. Well, I lost you guys. No, we're no, there. No, you didn't. He made you okay. focus and yeah. didn't tell. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're still here. So you know, using <laughs> I couldn't even see you like small anymore. <laughs> that was so yeah. great. I lost you guys. It's over. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> well, I'm just letting you take over now, Holly. This is your <laughs> this is your show. Congratulations. You're. In... <laughs> I'm done. Bye. <laughs> oh, man. Um. Yeah, so I mean, so it just made sense to. This was a way to really uh, directly and kind of intimately connect, um, uh, you know, that value of, of diversity and inclusion in tap rooms, um, and to to use it, you know, within this fund that we had already set aside, um, you know, to to. So each one of these beers is going to benefit the Job Opportunities Task Force, which is a cool thing. Um, so. You also have, I think you're still drinking, the station at 601, which was the second in the series. I am. Yeah. So and Black IPA with Tangerine. Which so we, I uh, have to, like, Black IPAs are a very, very, very polarizing style to me. See, I, I'm, I'm obsessed with them. See, and, like, I really wish that they were a, a thing that was, like, viable. <laughs> well, Chris, are you drinking the vase? <laughs> no, this is a custom glass made by Frit Glass. It's it's a beautiful piece of art. That is a beautiful cool. piece of art, my friend. Not here to make fun of. Well, it's amazing because you just did. I'm sorry. 
So yeah, Holly, you know, you put uh, just to, I didn't mean to cut Holly off there, but the, the black IPAs, Holly is as long as I've known her, we, I think we've talked about black IPAs and um, there are a lot of people. Yeah. Chris, to your point that either don't get it, don't want to, are kind of conflicted about that style, but we've had, I mean, I think we've released what Holly, like three or four different variants on a black IPA or three, three or four different versions of it. Well, I like them and I even find, I even find like the actual beers though are very polarizing. It's either done in a way that I absolutely hate or mm-hmm. I absolutely love it's it's just one of those yeah. styles where there's there's no shades of gray with it it's love yeah. or hate yeah I mean I definitely am of the mind like it's kind of like the the Mitch Steele school of of like of old school now it's old school now like 10 years later <laughs> uh West Coast IPA brewing you know it's like dry as can be um it's still what you want out of a black IPA. Like it should still feel like an IPA. Um, and then the, the, it shouldn't taste like a hoppy stout. So it shouldn't have like a huge roasty uh, finish to it. Um, Cause I think, I think that often clashes with kind of the citrusy uh, nature of the hops that you use in a black IPA too. So I think those that, that are basically just essentially at the end of the day, making hoppy stouts, uh, those are the ones that I tend to not like. Agreed. And yeah. I would, I would say this is, I think the first one I've ever had that had fruit added to it. Um, and as yeah, I, that was a choice, um, uh, made by the collaborative team and it's probably, it's not one that I would have made, um, ever. And so I think that's, what's really fun about collaborating is, you know, it, the beer turned out great. Um, but it, you know, it, it, but it pushed us to do something that we probably wouldn't have stepped out of our own boundaries to do because we thought we knew exactly what we liked in that style. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, as brewers. So, and the, the collaborative group on this one was pretty cool too. So, um, we, uh, we were able to draw a group together of, gosh, probably eight people um, from our site that weren't in the brewing department. So, a diverse cross section of, of coworkers. Um, we're able to come together. That's something I'm really proud of on our site is the diversity of, on our site. And so we brewed this for um, for Black History Month and we named it after a, a train station in Baltimore City that was part of the uh, Underground Railroad Network. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. The, um... 601 President Street in Baltimore City. The train station isn't there anymore, but yeah, key waypoint on the Underground Railroad. And it's kind of cool, like the, the, the appeal. And again, you... We talk about, and Holly mentioned this earlier, creating a safe place. And I, I think that that's a tangible thing, being inside the brewery and feeling safe and feeling comfortable for people that may not have otherwise uh, considered our, our place a place to do that uh, because of you know what they think about when they think about craft beer spaces. Um, but also uh, creating a safe place and a safe environment to be represented and to talk about ideas and to talk about histories and heritages and, and those kind of things. I mean, we learned through releasing this beer that what is it, Holly? September is International Underground Railroad Month, which we I don't think we would have heard about. Had yeah, we not heard yeah. Right yeah, I would never have known yeah. that. Yeah, somebody reached out to us and thought this was a great idea and a cool concept. And so we're, you know, we're continuing to learn. And I think that that's the other fun thing about the community project and about, you know, I we one of the organizations that we're working with through that community uh, project is the Lewis Museum, the Reginald F. Lewis Museum. And I'm ashamed to say I've never been there. It's right downtown in Baltimore. It's the Museum of uh, African-American Culture and Heritage in Maryland. Um, 
And I would have thought it was a museum like the way I think of all museums. You go in, you look at some stuff on, on a wall, you head home. Uh, but this is an organization that's leading workshops for parents to raise non-racist children. This is an organization that's working with teachers and classrooms to digitize some of their exhibits to make them available to students across the state and really across the country. So when you really dig into this, and, and again, you start elevating those organizations and voices and faces that need uh, a brighter spotlight, in our opinion, um, you start learning things that you didn't know. The impact that these organizations are having is so far reaching. Um, and you need only scratch the surface to figure that out. It doesn't take a whole lot of work to, uh, to see the, the impact that they're having. There's an awesome movie theater in Frederick that called the Warehouse Cinemas where they have a ton of taps. Um, but they're also they're showing uh, Harriet at the theater right now, which if you haven't seen, I recommend. It was a really good movie. And I looked up and it said it's fairly accurate to her life. There, there were some things that were like slightly exaggerated or could not be completely verified. But for the most part, it was a historically accurate uh, movie depiction of Harriet Tubman. Yeah, they, they definitely don't teach you in elementary school that Harriet Tubman became a spy for the Union Army and yeah. like did spy missions into the South. And yeah, I mean, she was she was an epic figure in history. So. Yeah, th those are some of the things that, that I read were like slightly exaggerated. Like it did happen, but I'm sorry. I, I mean, <laughs> but 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 she did do some of that, and like she, it, the her life and what she did was still amazing. Yes, for sure. Um, let's take a real quick uh, sponsor break. When we come back, I think we should. Why don't we talk about um, St. Patrick's Day specifically a little bit, um, and then we can circle back to all the collaboration stuff. Sure. Um, so we will be right back. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. All right, Ryan and Holly. What um, special plans are there this year and releases for St. Patrick's Day? Because for some reason, um, you guys make a big deal about St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I'll give a rundown on the beer, and then I think Ryan can kind of paint the whole picture. Um, but so we're doing a, a new beer release every Friday of in the month of March. Yeah. So these two, the two cans that you have, the breakfast. I can't get used to this. It's a mirror. Okay. The breakfast tea amber and the barrel aged mint chocolate stout. 
um, those were released last Friday. They're the two cans that we're releasing for the month. Um, and then we're also releasing a clover honey ale using uh, Apex Bee Company Honey, which is a local Maryland honey um, that releases this Friday on Giraffe. And then a black currant stout uh, next Friday. That's uh, kind of a wink to, of, I think a lot of people that have been to Dublin and drink Guinness might have noticed behind the bar uh, um, a syrup pump of, uh, of black currant syrup. And so a lot of people kind of want to cut the, uh, the the harshness off the end of their stout will ask for a pump of black currant. So that that idea kind of inspired this. It's a stout that we've brewed with black currant puree. Um, and then at the end of the month will be our, our third uh, allyship uh, series release with Alicia January from Discover Charm City. And it's going to be uh, a can release as well. And it's a lemon pound cake beer inspired by Ooh. her family's love of, of pound cake and fruit. So uh, it's going to be a big vanilla and lemon and then also a little bit of mango, blueberry and raspberry. I will need some of that. That yeah. sounds and delicious. And we, we kettle soured half of it. So it's a, we, we blended the batches uh, for fermentation, but the, the first batch was um, kettle soured and the second uh, wasn't. So it has like a nice kind of kettle sour tartness to it, but to balance the sweetness from lactose that we had to use to kind of get that vanilla lemon frosting idea. The breakfast tea amber, is this the same? Was was this made last year too? Is this the yeah, same so one? We, we've only made this beer. We've made it for each year that we've been open for St. Pat's. Okay. So we brew our favorite, um, amber base it's a 4.8 percent amber ale and then we cold steep black tea in in the beer um prior to centrifuge and packaging so it's got it's just got this like for me it has it, it starts out and it's mostly aroma and then as it warms it kind of becomes it just kind of lingers a little more on my palate as black tea it's an actual irish breakfast tea blend i absolutely love this beer and I loved this beer last year, but it wasn't packaged last year, though, was it? This is the first year we've put it in anything other than a keg, yeah. Because, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, I will say, when we first opened our curbside program, which was a few weeks after the shutdown initially, uh, this was the rock star of our uh, newly reborn Crowler program. <laughs> uh, like every order that came in for curbside had three or four Crowlers of breakfast amber. I mean, this beer just absolutely flew when we uh, kicked that program off. Well, I, I was recently reminded by Facebook, the last like event group setting I was at was the the um, St. Patrick's Day preview at Guinness last year. That was the last time I was at any sort of event, and I remember how much I loved this beer. So, like each sip reminds me of what it was like to be around people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. good to hear. <laughs> when I remember, Holly, I don't know, it, can, may, may I share the uh, the inspiration, the, the original inspiration for this beer? Or sort of the brief story of Noel, our buddy down in D.C.? Oh, yes. No, that's yeah. like, that's, yeah. So that's, yeah Briefly, that's Holly looked worried. Favorite. I was like, what? <laughs> it, was a, it was a while ago, but it was such, it's, 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 it's such a great a weird story. story behind the, the base beer. But, but no, that's like one of my favorite stories. Yeah. So we were yeah. we were at DC's Perfect Pint, our Perfect Pint of Guinness Draft competition, which they run every year. This it was, was a, a no. So 
They, uh, the, I'm sorry, he originally brought he originally brought it up to me at the perfect pint, and then go ahead, you tell it. This was this was um, so this happened before the perfect pint event <laughs> that I also attended and saw him at. Um, there it is. But uh, so we the uh, I think three of the people who run the pie shop in D.C. Um, so pie shop and music venue. Um, they uh, they came up to our tap room. I remember we were upstairs on the third floor in the restaurant and he was telling me this you know just kind of nostalgically the story um he's from from dublin his family's from dublin um and he he could remember sitting with his grandmother and you know smelling the the mash or the boil um coming from the dublin brewery from st james's gate um you know while he would have tea with his grandmother and so uh we just started talking that night about what it would be like to put tea in a beer and um, what, the, what the beer might be like that we would put the tea in. And I was like, you know what? I have to make this beer for, for St. Patrick's Day. And so that's kind of how it came about. Yeah, it was Just a great to honor, to honor his grandma, yeah. For anybody who's had a pint of Guinness Draft in DC, if you've done it enough, I guarantee you it was probably pulled by Noel at one bar or another in DC. The guys worked <laughs> at a bunch of those pubs down there. He's just kind of a, he's an institution uh, in DC. So, uh, for him to share that with us. And I just love the stories where so many of our beers come from, like, it's never, you know, it's, it's never just a very direct story. There's always some kind of inspiration that, that triggers something for Holly or Peter or Sean or those guys. I mean, it's, uh, and that one's just a great story because it started with that very, you know, real and nostalgic conversation. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love, I love this beer, Chris. I mean, every time we release it, I think people have a reaction to it. They have a, they have a memory of it. Uh, we had somebody comments on a social media post the other day where we announced that, you know, this one was being released in cans and the word was just finally in all caps because <laughs> they were going to come back. So, you know, I think when we first started this project a couple of years ago, there were, as you know, you know, Chris, you and I talked about this often where people weren't really sure what to expect. You know, they weren't really sure what it was going to look like, what what the beers were going to look like. Uh, were, was it going to be authentic? Was it going to be, you know, just a big tribute to Guinness draft stout and then maybe a few other things would be sprinkled in. So now to be at a point two and a half years later, three years later, where not only are people willing to uh, come along for the ride with us on new beers that Holly and the team are brewing, but they're looking forward to beers that they had the year before or a year before that. That's been really cool because I, you know, it's, it was hard to see into the future back then and, and kind of expect what people uh, we're going to be reacting to and how they were going to be perceiving us a couple years down the road. But uh, I think it's, again, to the credit of Holly and the team, a credit to uh, the work that everybody at the brewery is doing, that people are, um, they're, they're treating us just like every other tap room and every other brewery in Maryland, which is a good place to be. Is there a specific type of tea that's used in this or is that never advertised? It's a, yeah, it's a, so it's an Irish breakfast tea blend, which is traditionally a blend of black teas. So it okay. just depends. But like who it's from, like, can you go buy that tea at a store or is it something no. you guys just source the tea and blend yeah. it yourself? Okay. I sourced it. Yep. Well, you should bag that and also sell it. <laughs> the well, the other thing that's kind of cool about this, so that um, the base beer, which has back and forth been called game day Amber and then also El Dorado Amber. Um, I remember Holly talking to Sean about this beer, about the base beer. Um, and sort of the idea of using a hop like Eldorado that gave you sort of a citrusy, lemony kind of kick, uh, which to quote Sean, was like, that's a really cool thing for an American amber ale. You don't really expect that. 
And so I think when you steep the tea into this and you get just that little bit of citrusy note from the Eldorado on the nose, uh, that works really, really well with the tea too. And so I, I think that this was the absolutely perfect beer to use uh, in regard to tea because you get some of the earthiness and some of the, the maltiness really plays well with it. But then that little punch of citrus from Eldorado uh, just it balances everything so well. I, there, there's yeah. a lot to like about this beer for sure. I don't know if it's from it warming up or from drinking it after having the um, breakfast tea amber, but station at 601, the tangerine like slaps you in the face. Oh, after. it's when it warms. Yeah, okay. it's crazy. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like in, in a good way. I mean, is mm-hmm. is but it it I the the last sip I took was just like tangerine. <laughs> you know, I think my favorite station at 601 story and Holly, I don't even know if I told you about this one. So I, some people out there are going to know what this is. Some people won't have a clue. There is a thing that my brother and I used to get every Christmas season called it's a name. I think it's like Terry's chocolate orange or, or oh, something like it that. It comes in a foil ball and you smack it, it on, smack yep. it on the table. That's exactly yeah. right. And it falls apart and it's orange wedges yeah, that are it, chocolate. It's chocolate, but it's orange flavored chocolate. And it looks like an orange. And so when I smelled this beer the first time, I remember Holly was there. I was like, this is that chocolate orange thing. Like that, that's all this is. It, to me, it just smells like chocolate covered oranges and specifically that chocolate that you get. And I called my brother. I was like, Chris, and his name's Chris. I wasn't talking to you. Chris, <laughs> you need to try this beer because it reminds me of those chocolate oranges that we used to get as a kid that you would smack on the table. It's exactly right. And on the phone, he was like, you, I think you were adopted because I don't remember those. <laughs> I don't remember what you're talking about. I've never heard of that before in my life. I never smacked the chocolate on the table. This so Chris remembers those. I sent him to 601, but I also called, I also went on Amazon, found that chocolate orange thing, had one shipped to his house. And I was like, here it is. This is what we used to get. I know I'm not crazy. However, I may in fact be adopted. Who knows? You when, never know. When I first tried it, I I mean, I was going to point out that that's what they reminded, what it reminded me of also. So maybe I was your sibling in the childhood and just (laughs) forgot that you're thinking of a different Chris as a child. I don't know. Yeah. Because I did have those as a child and they do remind me of this beer or this beer reminds me of those. We have a very similar graying pattern going on in our beer, in our beards. Maybe, maybe, yeah, there's something to that. My skunk beard. (laughs) <laughs> that um philip pilgrim insists on accentuating anytime he draws me <laughs> yeah holly i had to break it to chris when i brought him out the uh when i met him to give him the two new saint patrick's day beers it was like we're still not jumping on the bandwagon bro you, your face is not on any of our cans when? i know not to be in the minority of maryland breweries who have not made a canned beer with your face on it but we're holding strong. So when do, when do I get to do a beer with Guinness? Don't everyone talk at once. Thank goodness our head brewer's on because I don't have to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Next I mean, question. I'm surprised you haven't asked before. Um, yeah, man. You don't right. get your face on the can though. Well, <laughs> I kind of assume that, but I would settle just to get to do to to brew a beer with Todd again. Oh it's, Todd, what a lovely brewer! What a, you like? You have all of the Baltimore magazines, forty under forty. Holly Stevenson, right here <laughs> on the call, and you're gonna brew a beer with Todd Perkins? But, Come on! But that would be the be first real. time to brew a beer with Holly, which would obviously be special. This would be the time I get to do it again with with Todd. Hey, look, I mean, we'll just, Todd will just do all the the work. I'm fine with that. 
<laughs> I mean, that's what happened last time. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do all the planning of it and recipe development of it, and then we watched him brew it. <laughs> so let's do that. I, I will. I'll hit you up. It, it's you said yes, and it was recorded. I love um, this plan. So I think I think that's legally binding, right? I'd like to go on record that I do not support, <laughs> I do not support this idea. As... Well, as we established earlier, I like Holly more anyway. Um, and she <laughs> is, in every aspect, ranks higher than you. She's up higher in the episode. Um, I would like to point out this juncture that I started a full 10 days before Holly did. Uh, <laughs> But on your second day, you came to visit me in Asheville, so. That's true. And got some of the best pictures of you that have ever been taken. <laughs> I dislike you. Where's two of us? Right. <laughs> Chris, Can, Ryan yeah. Wagner, Ambassador for Guinness, and more importantly, Holly Stevens, thanks. Like you couldn't even pretend. <laughs> well, no, she's... Listen, listen. One of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite titles that I have in my job, and I have many. But one of my very favorite titles is Holly's sidekick. I will take that all day. It's a great place. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to that cape as long as I possibly can. So we're good. All right. Well, I'll call you next week, um, and we'll get something set up for one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, call us next week, the week of St. Patrick's Day, Chris. That's yeah, a, that's, that's uh, perfect. Okay, I'll wait. I'll wait till um, I'll call you in April. There you go. That's, <laughs> that's a good move. All right. So, the um, what barrels were the the barrel aged mint stout aged in, or does it not matter? Yeah, they're bullet barrels. <laughs> okay. Um, we have good access to bullet, so actually all of our. How do you uh, get those? <laughs> from our friends, um, <laughs> and we and all of our bourbon barrel uh, beers so far have been um, sourced from bullet, so we're definitely lucky we can get them nice and fresh. Um, but yeah, this one I was. I mean, I normally like in my. I'm, I'm in the. I'm like an elder now. In terms of my my brewing, uh, my like brewing, I don't know, whatever you call it, career, beer drinking. Kids uh, gather around. Let me regale <laughs> stories of my brewing <laughs> childhood. Let Molly do this, man. She's really like. I mean, I honestly like kind of got out of the habit of like the excitement around um, barrel aged beers. Um, but man, this one like. I just, I love this one. I actually, I opened one for a tasting last week and ended up drinking the like whole 16 ounce by myself. And I'm like, wow, I don't think I've done that in like probably like six years. This is a, <laughs> this is a wonderful moment, by the way, to point out uh, that uh, to please drink responsibly to everybody. This is an 11.9% stout and uh, it's a good, uh, it, it's an amazing beer. And Holly, you kind of pointed this out. I, I talk about this all the time because it's not that you're not excited about our barrel releases. It's just that I know you and I know you get fired up about the stuff that you're looking forward to drinking. And so the barrel aged stuff is just not what you're going to go home with, with a four pack, you know, at the end of a day and have one with dinner. Um, but yeah. one that I, I even talked to our staff when we, you know, launched this beer and made sure that they were telling the right stories. I'm like, guys, Holly is like geeked about this beer. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. Um, but the thing that I find fascinating when you talk about the barrels, 
And Holly, I, please feel free to uh, expand on this because I, when I talk to you about it, that's this is the kind of stuff that is fascinating to me about barrels. This one didn't spend a ton of time in barrels. So like New Year's Eve, we released a beer called Merry Meet Merry Park, which was 15 months in a barrel. Uh, and just the level of flavors and the different aromas and the different characteristics you get in terms of the length of time the beer spends in the barrel. So we had a nitro version, not barrel aged, a nitro version of a mint chocolate stout of what, six or eight months ago, I guess. And what's amazing to me about this one is, at least to me, it spent just enough time in the barrel to pull a lot of the vanilla out of it. And so you get a lot of vanilla with the mint and the chocolate. And so it gets like kind of a peppermint patty thing sort of going on, um, which is really cool. And talking to Holly about just sort of that like fine line between what you get early from the barrel, what you get late from the barrel, how those flavors and aromas kind of combine is, is, is that's the really cool stuff to me. Yeah, I think like so. I mean, using vanilla, even in like in bean form, um, you can use it for a lot of trickery because you know it can make anything. Uh, it can it can really magnify whatever else is in the beer. And does also it lend itself to shenanigans? <laughs> it does. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, what we find, and we typically will, I mean, depending on the beer, but a lot of times we'll start tasting barrels around three or four months uh, because we find that um, kind of one of the, the earlier characteristics that we pick up from barrels is the vanilla. So whereas with the Merry Meat, Merry Part that was in for a really long time, um, yes, we pulled out some vanilla, um, maybe some, some of the, like, coconut and apple not green apple, but like apple sweet, sherry-like things, but that was mostly from an oxidative effect because it was in the barrel for so long. Whereas this one, you're not getting a lot of that kind of oxidized like raisin and um, kind of, of sherry notes. You're getting a vanilla that kind of enhances the perception of chocolate and I think makes the mint really pop and seem kind of sweet. Yeah. How well does it pair with a thin mint? <laughs> I would imagine it pairs pretty well. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's weird for me to pair a beer with uh, sweet things sometimes because it usually just kind of destroys your palate for the beer. The but, first thing I thought about food pairing wise for this one, a lot of people uh, I think will, this will resonate with. Uh, I always think about mint, uh, mint and in terms of its pairing with lamb. You know, you do like a lamb rack, you do, you know, a, a lamb roast, mint jelly, like that, that sort of thing, bringing in some of that fresh mint characteristic. And, you know, it's it, when you talk about a stout, I think people forget a lot that the roasted barley, the roasted character in the beer, that's going to mimic if you roast meat, if you brown meat. And so I think that that would bring in some of the enhancing some of that roast character in the stout, bring in some of the chocolatey notes, which, you know, obviously uh, cacao undergoes a similar process when you roast it before you turn it into chocolate. So I, I think that uh, I'd be curious about that. Uh, yeah. Lamb racks are thin on the ground right now. I'll have to get some and give it a try and let you know what I think. But yeah, I agree with Holly. Sweet on sweet sometimes gets a little overwhelming. And this one, we actually used um, pure cacao in this. So it's not a chocolate flavor or like a sweet chocolate um, that's in it. Yeah, I really wanted to try that one. Um, but I wanted to be able to have two different kinds uh, of beer and when I saw the 11% on that one, that's why I passed for it right now. Yeah. Because I knew that I was definitely drinking a breakfast tea amber because I love this beer. So okay. I was willing to go to an 8% on, 
<laughs> and I can tell you, bouncing back and forth between the the amber and the black IPA met the taste meld so well together. I'm I'm very tempted to just dump the rest of my amber into that to see what happens, but I'm worried that. Yeah. It won't. I see your face. I don't. I don't think that would be gross. <laughs> I don't think that would be all right. Take her. Take take Ollie's word for it on that one. You think it I'm would be? You do it, but I don't think it would be gross. All right, I won't do it. I probably will. <laughs> I mean, you, you do you, buddy. I gave you enough. I gave you a four pack of each, yeah. of you, so you've got room to play around here. I think. <laughs> Um, that's another thing I, you know, we, we talked about Mary meet Mary part. We talked about the mint chocolate, obviously, you know, again, when you look at silver linings and it's really tough to find silver linings around everything that's happened the last 12 months. Um, but the barrel age program, I think, you know, the, the few months that we were out of, you know, we weren't serving people the way that we had been, um, Holly and the team, you know, that was one of the things that we came back into and saw a heck of a lot more barrels that were filled up, you know, being able to focus on that program, get some beer into barrels and start really kind of spinning that program up a little bit more. Um, I think Holly, you mentioned in an interview that we were doing the other day, there is barrel house in our name, right? So barrel aging has to be a huge focus for us. So I thought that was dropped from the name. I am wearing hashtag old logo as is Holly right now. Okay. So we're never, uh, we're never going to go away from the barrel house, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, that's when you, when you hire people like again, Holly and Sean Brennan and Peter Weens, I mean, barrels are always going to be a, a really big heart, a really big part of what we do. Um, and to see that program spin up a little bit more and to see some of the stuff that's been coming out, you know, we, we released the gingerbread stout, we released the Imperial stout, both of which were aged in bourbon, uh, last fall into the winter. And those were received really well. And I'm just, I'm excited to see what comes out the next six, nine, 12 months. Cause I think there's going to be some exciting things coming out from the barrel program. How many barrels do you blend from to make a beer like the, the barrel aged mint stout? So the pilot, so the from just from the ten barrel brewery, um, like a twenty barrel fermenter will get us, depending on the beer. At the end of the day, we'll fill anywhere from nine to eleven casks, bourbon casks. So it's not that many. Um, whereas you know, the, off of the hundred head production brewery, we're filling like two hundred and eighty a pop. What what are you is so is that like the um just the bourbon barrel aged stout is that that's brewed on the on the production system yeah okay yeah so the the hundred hectare brewery um made the the barrel the well, as Ryan knows on fall. this on this show we use real numbers <laughs> hectoliters are real numbers we're the only <laughs> world that are still on the standard system um, no Holly we've done what we've done three mass scale releases in terms of barrel aging from the production system, right? Because stock ale was the first. And the first we, brew, yeah. I mean, we did yeah. the the first, Antwerp. really the first release we did was the Antwerp Nation in Bullet. And that was like, we actually tankered over Antwerp and Stout from Dublin and aged it and blended it here. Because um, that was like right when we were, when we were opening, we weren't brewing yet. Um, yeah. You know, I haven't said it or harped on it for a while uh, about uh, how, <laughs> do you know where I'm going? Harped. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, where that Frederick is the East Coast capital of craft beer. Not everyone knows that y you were how that started. 
because Holly came from Asheville, or are you talking about me? You, no, you, Ryan. When because that that very very first time before the brewery was even open that you came on to Uncapped, you kept trying to talk about Asheville, and I kept correcting you that it was Frederick. That was the. <laughs> I mean, look, Frederick is making some killer beer right now. There's no question. About it. I mean, you look at some of the stuff that our friends are doing up there. I mean, my goodness, we. I mean, we even robbed the great Todd Perkins uh, from, from, from Frederick. And I say that, but I'm pretty sure they were just willing to let us have him. Uh, We should have have known how easy that was, that that was, you know. Uh, But no, look, Marilyn, Chris, I mean, even, even, you know, as long as you and I have been talking, you know, two and a half now, three years, uh, more than three years at this point, um, the growth that we've seen in Maryland beer and the number of breweries that are seeing the the quality of the beer that's coming out of of these breweries. I mean, it's, it's an exciting part of the world uh to to uh to be a part of forgive the redundancy but yeah it's uh i i know you're in frederick right now i i'm in no way disparaging the amazing breweries in frederick um but then yeah just man. stop there <laughs> that's fine i'll put a period on that sentence <laughs> um and speaking of stopping there let's take one more quick sponsor break um when we come back Let's have I, have we covered all the I don't think we've covered all the St. Patrick's Day stuff yet. We keep no, going I, on. I was supposed to paint the whole picture. Yeah, and you did, did nothing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> figures. It's Ryan. Um, so when when we come back, uh, maybe Ryan will actually paint a picture. So that would be great. <laughs> Out. Good lord. We will be right back. There are many reasons why I've chosen District East for where I purchase beer. I love the flexibility of being able to make a custom six-pack or take home a crowler from one of the eight beers on tap. Their friendly and knowledgeable staff do an amazing job at keeping a diverse selection on hand. You can even purchase artwork from the monthly featured artist. District East is located on Northeast Street in Frederick in the same shopping center as Family Mill and Rockwell Brewery. You can find today's beer lists on the District East Facebook page or at www.districteast.beer. To all you craft breweries, wineries, and distilleries out there, listen up. Atlantic Custom Solutions is the real deal in providing you branded growlers, ceramics, glassware, and accessories like koozies, coasters, and keychains. Their high-definition digital printing, organic ink, and low-fire process ensures your brand is printed in ultra-high definition, giving you a one-up on the competition. We've used Atlantic Custom Solutions for uncapped branded glassware and couldn't be happier with it. Check them out. Visit www.brandmybeverage.com or give them a call at 434-286-4500 to learn more about how they can help you brand your business. Uncapped is brought to you with support from McClintock Distilling, Maryland's first and only organic certified distillery. They are well known for their award-winning gin and are rapidly growing a name for themselves for their matchstick bourbon and bootjack rye whiskey that have both won double gold at international spirits competitions. You can visit them in historic downtown Frederick along Carroll Creek for tours and tastings. Go to mcclintockdistilling.com for more information. All right, Ryan, are you going to actually do your job this time? Yeah, so imagine, picture this. Uh, It's... um, yeah, so I mean, you know, it's it's tough right now when you want to uh, when you want to celebrate something, you know, because we want people to come to the brewery, we want them to feel like this is the perfect time to come experience all the beers that we're making and and uh, come check out the brewery for those that have been a bunch of times, even you know people that are coming for the first time. But at the same time, 
uh, with all the safety protocols still in place, with all the regulations that we have to follow. Um, and I also want to take a second to point out the, you know, working with state and local authorities, working with the CDC, working with the restaurant, National Restaurant Association, uh, they have made it really easy for us to build uh, the protocols and the policies that we have in place. I mean, that, that, that part has been very streamlined for us, and I appreciate that so, so much. Um, but what we wanted to do for us, St. Patrick's Day has always been about, obviously, the day itself, March 17th, but it's also been about whatever weekend is nearest to it. This year, we wanted to take advantage of the entire month, not just because we figured out that since we're only open Thursday through Sunday right now, and there are four weekends in the month, and March 17th, which is a Wednesday, is a day we'll be open as well. That's the 17 days of St. Patrick's Day. Um, we wanted to give people an opportunity to really spread out, right? So you didn't have to be here on one day. You didn't have to be here on one specific weekend. So each weekend uh, and St. Patrick's Day are really similar. Some of the details are changing, but the overall feel of the experience is going to be the same. So uh, as every Saturday, we've wait, 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 been uh, hold playing on one, at the Bruce. Stop. Hold on one second. I cut out for a little bit, which means I didn't record everything. So rewind like a minute. And let me make a note to cut this out. <laughs> okay. I'll know exactly where I was 60 seconds ago. Um, just start. I'm going to talk forever. Ju just start with 17 days of yeah. 17 days of St. Patrick's Day, giving people the opportunity to spread things out. Will do. And go. And so I probably won't cut any of this out because I'm lazy. <laughs> We wanted to give people an opportunity to spread out. We realized that there were 17 days that we were going to be open in March. Uh, so four weekends, we create the same experience each of those four weekends while changing some of the details. So if you want to come hang out with us every weekend, there's going to be something that's different each weekend, but the overall experience is going to be similar. So you, don't, you didn't have to feel the need to be here one specific day or one specific weekend. Uh, so every Thursday is a movie night and the movie changes. I think this week is Waking Ned Divine. Next week is Rudy. We're all excited about that one. Um, nothing says St. Patrick's Day and drinking a beer at Guinness like watching Rudy. Um, That's the, March 25th. What's that? March 25th. <laughs> it's March 25th is Rudy? You are yeah. wrong. Oh, man, what's next weekend? Waking that divine. Next weekend is P.S. I Love You. Nothing says drinking beer on St. Patrick's Day, Guinness, like P.S. I Love You. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so a movie night on, on Thursdays, a beer release on Friday. Uh, the one, you know, Holly mentioned all the beers earlier. Saturday is going to be all about live music and creating that that sort of celebratory experience. So we're using Frederick, Maryland Natives, uh, 19th Street Band, a band that I'm sure a lot of your listeners, Chris, are familiar with. They're very, very good friends of ours. Um, and uh, Some would weekend, say that they hail from the East Coast craft beer capital of the world. You could, in fact, say that if you wanted to. Uh, so having those guys down there, not only on every Saturday, but they're also going to play on the 17th for us on that Wednesday. Uh, well, I think just not to interrupt you for a long time here, but one, one thing that's one thing that's cool that please they're do. doing is um, they're still streaming it on their Facebook Live, right? Their shows. Uh, we're not sure about that. Don't don't quote okay. us. On that. We're, okay. we're waiting to hear about that one. But, may or may not. Uh, yeah, but I mean, the, the, those guys are everywhere, right? The, the work again, you talk about the work that people have had to do during COVID to to keep themselves employed, to keep themselves, you know, kind of just healthy and happy and involved in the things that they love to do. Uh, so watching Megan and Callie do their health and happiness show on their Facebook page every, 
uh, every Thursday or Wednesday, depending on the day that they do it. Holly, we were talking about, you, you know, your mom hopping on and watching live from uh, from Georgia and uh, just feeling connection to live music and to performing and, and to uh, to bands that we go out and see all the time under normal circumstances. So to be able to work with those guys, uh, the the reach that they have is massive. And the connection that they make with their audiences is something that really speaks to us again. It's because that's what we want to do. We want to have that same personal connection, that same interaction that they do. Live music is a challenge for us right now because you got to stay at your table. You can't get yeah. up and dance. Um, so we've been we've been working through that and trying to make sure people follow the rules. And then Sunday is a way to kind of look at food, right? So Irish breakfast, full Irish breakfast Sunday mornings, moving into a roast, a Sunday roast kind of inspired Irish pub inspired thing Sunday nights. But there's going to be uh, a focus on a little bit more of an American food twist. So we did prime rib. We're doing fried chicken this weekend. Uh, so that idea of going to your favorite pub for a dinner on Sunday night, that's very much an Irish inspired idea. But we're going to put a little bit of a spin on it from a food point of view. Well, and for the for the music, I would add, because um, I, I personally love live music and the band has been they, they even played they played outside um, on Saturday. And I don't know how they're how they could even feel the strings on their instruments because <laughs> but but one thing that's super cool is um, we've we're wired for uh, the sound from the band to play inside. Oh, so cool. it's not like you have to be sitting outside yeah. to kind of get that whole experience. My yeah. da- my daughter is the lead singer of a rock band now. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, I guess. Isn't she like five? Uh, one of them is five. Uh, it's the 11 year old. That's oh, okay. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's amazing. Her her next performance will include um, No Doubt, I'm Just a Girl, and uh, Green Day Holiday. I can't remember what the third song is. She she does the Frederick Rock School thing. That's awesome. That's really cool. <clears throat> so maybe we. If, maybe if you guys are lucky, you could book them for uh, to play at Guinness sometime. I mean, <laughs> I guess <laughs> it would be perfect to, for the release of um, my beer with you guys. Any any yeah. chance you get to work with any musicians who uh, who who hail from the East Coast capital of craft beer? I think we're. <laughs> if you can wait to release your beers uh, or your beer eleven years from now, then I think. Right. Your daughter could sing at the brewery. <laughs> now let's try to make it happen before then. <laughs> um, You're I'm... gonna have to get some federal laws and regulations if you want that. <laughs> the um, I'm excited for. I think I'm going to come out Friday the 26th for the special packages of the Guinness and Notre Dame. Uh, merchandise yeah yeah that's been that's that's cool hey that's why i didn't know we were i didn't know we were doing that then that's awesome because it coincides with the release of the lemon pancake beer oh i'm definitely coming then okay that 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 is when i will be there and that's apparently when rudy is being shown who knew no rudy's being shown (laughs) thursday the 25th the new guinness and notre dame retail product and special package deals are friday the 26th if you need help with any other scheduling just ask me ryan and i will let you know for painting the picture chris the picture is the picture has been uh, i painted the picture he filled in the colors (laughs) (laughs) um because 
as a kid growing up, I always had dreams of going to Notre Dame. Um, and then I, I realized that I was both poor and stupid uh, and was not going to get to go to Notre Dame. So I went to the University of Pittsburgh instead. That's just as good. <laughs> but I did have two Notre Dame starter jackets. Oh wow! I think my two. I had. I had a. I didn't have two starter jackets. I had one starter jacket that I'm ashamed to say was a Dallas Cowboys starter jacket. I was going to guess the Charlotte Hornets because no, for no, some no. reason everyone no. had a Charlotte Hornets starter. No, jacket. the Charlotte Hornets. I had a starter. Uh, I had a starter j- short sleeve jersey and shorts combo. Nice. That was teal with the pink uh, pinstripes. <laughs> wow. I wish you I still. You. I, would I, I, I could kick your ass and steal that outfit. <laughs> I was going to say, you would wear that right now. I would, 100%. Yeah, it was pretty badass. I was pretty proud of that one. I was not a Hornets. Well, I actually, I probably had something because everyone that was of our age grade for yeah. some reason had Charlotte Hornets stuff. I feel like 80% of what Starter made was Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. Like everybody had Hornet stuff. Yeah. So of college football, Notre Dame is who I still root for, dreaming that I would have been able to go there. That was a that was a cool a, a fun thing that that sort of sprung up with Guinness and Notre Dame. I mean, to see, you know, to work with Joe Montana to see him on some of those things. It's uh, you know, it's 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 hard when Tom Brady keeps winning Super Bowls. But I remember growing up, Joe Montana was the guy. I mean, if you, you know, you played video games, you, you know, you yeah. wore jersey. I mean, Joe Montana, my goodness. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun to, to see that partnership come to life. Cause I think it's one of those things that has always existed. I mean, a lot of Notre Dame fans, the fighting Irish Guinness beer. I mean, it's always kind of gone hand in hand, but now to see it come to life in a very real way has been, uh, has been cool. Yeah, it is pretty, it's pretty cool. He, we actually, um, Joe talked to us as a company one afternoon, um, kind of right before all the commercials were coming out. And it was, it was really cool to hear him talk about Notre Dame. It, like, it's still like, it's so meaningful to him, even though he's worked for so many other, you know, franchises at this point. Um, Do you know where he's from? Frederick, Maryland. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think good, so. Good guess. He's from outside <laughs> of Pittsburgh. It's a shame that University of Pittsburgh missed out on that recruiting, although they got you, so that's I, a fair trade. Yeah, <laughs> I was runner-up. Um, I, I, I'm not even going to actually venture to guess, but I think that he did. Like, there was some kind of thing, like the possibility of him going there. I can't remember, so I'm just going to stop now because I'm probably making it up. <clears throat> um. Yeah, but, like he wanted to go to Notre Dame since he was a kid, and like he's yeah, like, when he talks about then. it still, it's like romantic. Yeah. I wanted to go to Notre Dame from when I was a kid too, but it didn't pan out. <laughs> um. So, Ryan, how does it feel to star in a um, Super Bowl ad? I Joe must have been very it. flattered to be in a in a commercial with you. I'm gonna. I, we, you and I, need to have a conversation about what uh, what starring in entails, 
because I'm pretty sure if you blink, you miss me. I think I, it was my mother-in-law who called me and she was like, I didn't see you. And I was like, yeah, no, that makes sense. I saw uh, you, Ryan. I saw you. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it's cool, man. And what I think is cool about it is that when you talk about Guinness, you know, I think a lot of people still separate Guinness from the Guinness Open Gate Brewery, that we are, you know, a li- there's a little bit of like a crowbar separation there. What we're doing in Baltimore, the beers that we're making, all that. So to see our brewery, you know, and it wasn't me, man, it was our staff, right? Some of our bartenders got to take part in that commercial. Some of our retail staff got to take part in that commercial. It was really cool to see those guys and how excited they were to just represent our brewery and represent what we do here. Um, so to see some of their faces pop up in the commercial was really neat. Uh, and, and it's cool, man, because we have such a cool space. We have, a, we have amazing people that are representing the brand down here. Uh, so to see them in that Super Bowl commercial, that was the coolest thing, whether, whether my big hairy bearded face was in it uh it doesn't matter to me but to see those guys was was really neat i was sad to not see jim in it jim kerman yeah he was there that day he uh, ended up on the cutting room floor whoever <laughs> made that commercial does not know how to make a commercial then yeah there was there was not enough ryan and there was no jim that was now jim is uh you know that's we talk about great stories, man. Jim's one of the best. Uh, he, you know, he was, he was just a guy that loved Guinness and came to the TTR to the test tap room and hung out and got to know all of us and, and really was, uh, was a guy who believed in what we were doing here. And then when we opened up the applications for our tour guides, he was first in line and that dude bought in really early. I mean, this is a guy with five daughters at home, uh, you know, taking care of his family, taking care of his, of his little girls. And, uh, he does it by coming to work every day, fired up about Guinness and fired up about sharing stories. Uh, so to see the fact, you know, three and a half years later now with Jim, dude's been with us the entire time. Uh, you know, and he's, uh, he's like a, he's like a pair of warm pajamas, man. He's it just it, seeing him means we're, you know, we're back to normal. We're doing our thing. Jim is the first person that I didn't know that ever came up to me and introduced themselves as a listener to this podcast. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. That's awesome. And when, will not find a bigger supporter of Maryland beer than Jim. So I, I met him at um, Love Thy Beer. I think it was maybe even the first year that there was a Love Thy Beer. And at that time, he was looking for a job at a brewery. He like he just he loved craft beer so much. He wanted to work in any capacity at um, a brewery. So I was so happy for him when I saw that he got hired by Guinness. Yeah, yeah. we're all happy to but sad that they didn't put him in the, the uh, commercial. He could, could have taken your place, Ryan. It was probably your fault. Happy, happy to let him have it. He can, yeah. <laughs> he can have it. So did Joe ask you for your autograph? Uh, I mean, it was weird. You know, it, it, we, he did. <laughs> it was, I, um, you know, no. I don't, what do you mean? Of course not. Joe Montana is Joe Montana. We're all just I on. The- he, I love. I, I love that he assumed you were talking to him. <laughs> yeah, like I had anything to do with Joe. You know what I'm proud also, of? Also, Joe shot on a different coast than us. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was out on the West Coast. We uh, the, biggest, the biggest celebrity we had on our shoot here in Baltimore was uh, with Brian Wagner, Holly Stevenson, Holly Stevenson. <laughs> big- <laughs> no question about it. completely unrelated though but so you said 
how old is my daughter five but so last weekend um my five-year-old desperately wanted jeans with holes in them so my wife like just you know cut holes in them and stuff and she was convinced that people would ask her for her autograph while she was out because (laughs) because she looked so cool and then and then on her way home I wasn't there but she asked my wife um or told my wife she was disappointed because no one pointed out her her pants it's like mommy why didn't anyone mention my pants (laughs) I think I'm pretty sure that's Holly but with her shoes (laughs) a couple times a week Holly will come home and just say why didn't anybody mention my shoes Holly has has one of the most epic collections of shoes are you a sneakerhead no I don't I mean, I'm an aspiring sneakerhead. Like, I, I haven't, I'm just not, I don't know. I, I'm not committed enough. What's the pinnacle of your collection? Dude, those Westbrook well, are sick. Yeah, I mean, those aren't really probably collector's ones, but I got a thick new pair of Westbrook's Jordans that are, that are that I'm very happy about. I showed Ryan this weekend, which is why they're top of mind for him. Well, yeah, and I mean the Devin Allen shoes are pretty sick too. Oh, those, yeah, I'm I'm stoked about those. I got so Devin Allen, um, the photographer from Baltimore, just dropped a a line of clothes and shoes with Under Armour. Oh, cool. Uh, they're branding as a love letter to Baltimore. It's a it's really great um, if you haven't seen it, but. Um, I think they dropped, I mean, well, I only, I saw like three shoes. There's a couple of basketball shoes, um, some running shoes. And then this like cross trainer one that I got and I'm super stoked about it. And it like, you know, it has the, has Devin's brand and Under Armour's brand on it. And it, it's like, has Baltimore on it. It's, they're really cool shoes. I have a pair of original pumps. Oh, that's awesome. I, they used to be my drinking shoes. I would always wear them to beer festivals and like some super sneakerhead guy yelled at me for wearing them one day at like asking me like don't you know how much those are worth and i told him i didn't care and he got mad yeah <laughs> I, realize, I never realized until uh i forget where i saw this uh i think it was an interview with um uh oh gosh pitch perfect what is her name uh, anna um kendrick anna, kendrick anna kendrick where somebody gave her some really exclusive sneakers or something, and she took a picture of her of herself crouching in them, and she creased the front. <laughs> and apparently, people lost their minds. I was like, "She's wearing shoes! Like, what are you? You're not supposed to bend your foot when yeah, you're." Apparently, in those I like. I'm not a sneaker ahead at all. It just goes no. back to the, like the, um, trying to relive my youth. I always wanted a pair of pumps, um, and I couldn't yeah. have them when I was a kid, and then. One of one of my friends, her husband was a huge sneakerhead, and she was making him get rid of shoes, and she gave me the pair of his original. That's insane. That's insane. <laughs> that guy was probably pissed. Wow. Probably, they're divorced yeah. now. Lord, they're divorced now. <laughs> not that, not for that reason, at least not to my knowledge. I mean, that would have been good enough. But I still have them, and they're still in pretty good shape because my wife won't allow me to wear them because she said it's ridiculous. I disagree. There is, like, I have found, like, you know, before, like, shoes were, I mean, they're just, 
you know, they're made to be worn. That's like that's the know, way I look at it. Shit out of them, yeah. Right. But but there is something like Ryan jokes now that I always have new shoes on. Like I, put, take, putting minimal effort into switching out your shoes and like wearing them intentionally and like taking care of them. I'm into it. Well, when they we when I, we I brew our beer it. together, I'll wear my pumps. All right. Yes. The bladders still work. I'll even let you release the air. Awesome. I just got a brand new pair of shoes today, so I I have no room to speak right now. I'm waiting to wear them, but they're not nearly as good as any pair of shoes Holly owns. Since we're going off the rails anyway, um, did you see the story about the Nike executive that had to step down? So there's this. Oh, because their kid bought all the shoes on her credit card and was like turning around and selling yeah. them for like ridiculous profit. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some this this guy, uh, West Coast Joe, who had like this tremendously huge secondary market that he he mysteriously had all this access to shoes that no one else could get, and it turns out he was using his mother's credit card. And allegedly, and we don't want to get in trouble. Allegedly, ordering hundreds of like super sl- like he had. I'm not a sneakerhead at all, so I'm just repeating things I saw. So it could be wrong. Like there was the off white J's, where like a really popular release recently. Uh, the the off white Jordans, and he had like hundreds of them. Meanwhile, like you people couldn't get a single one. And it was because yeah, he was made like 15 grand off that one release. Yeah. yeah. So he was using his mom's car, <laughs> credit card and ordering them like through her access, getting like her corporate discounts <laughs> and then flipping them on the secondary market. And what makes it even worse is like Nike is like actively trying to stop stuff like that from happening. <laughs> oh. So she no longer has a job. Uh, she was the vice president and general manager of Nike North America. <laughs> yeah, you think do you think that kid's grounded? <laughs> I I I hope <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> oh, oh. I mean, she must have known. Special guest. Star. She did because she disclosed yeah. it. She disclosed oh, okay. his business. I mean, she probably didn't. Maybe she didn't know like the extent of what he was doing. But right. who's that? This is Otis. Otis uh, is a special guest star on a lot of Zoom calls. And- <laughs> what are you doing? But uh, yeah, I think that's, that's uh, again, you look for silver linings during uh, the last 12 months. The amount of dogs that have become superstars on company calls. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm here for that. Holly's got two of them floating around somewhere in there. I can't oh, believe yeah, I was going to say, like, just when Otis came over, Kelly came over. I think they, they know it's dinner time. Yes, I'm, indeed. I'm actually surprised we didn't hear mine barking and and whining because my family was all gone and normally she loses it when the um girls are outside of the house she must have been just asleep through the whole thing (laughs) so is there is there any saint patrick's day stuff that you've neglected to tell us about ryan because i know Uh, i would say that you know two big things number one um for anybody that's not ready to celebrate in person and we know that there's a lot of them out there you know people still have reservations and hesitations about being out in public. Uh, we, we totally get it. We, we respect that. We've put a lot of uh, our St. Patrick's Day inspired food, a lot of the beers that we've talked about tonight and some of the Dublin classics, Guinness Draft Stout, Extra Stout, Foreign Extra Stout, those kind of beers. 
Uh, all of them are available through curbside pickup. So if you want to come by, it's contact free. You put your order in online, swing by, pop your trunk, you get your order, you head on your way. Um, you know, that that's uh, we have to do that right now, you know, because yeah. while we want to create a celebratory atmosphere, we also respect the fact that maybe yeah. somebody's not willing or ready to come out yet. Um, yeah. And number two, that website. So GuinnessBreweryBaltimore.com. I know that's where you were getting all the information to correct me earlier. Uh, so that actually, is where, Smarty Pants, that's not where I was getting it from. Getting a press that someone sent you? I was um, reading it from a press release. There you go. <laughs> GuinnessBreweryBaltimore.com has all the information about the next couple of weeks, what's being released, what's going on. Uh, follow us on social media for more updates and things like that. And I do want to be clear, man. You know, I um, for everybody that that may be wondering about, you know, the safety protocols, we have an FAQ on the website that takes you through everything that we're doing. Um, but one more big shout out to our team, to our staff, you know, Holly and I talk all the time. Uh, we've been, uh, Holly and not to put words in your mouth. We've been very hesitant. You know, we, we've picked, picked and chose if that makes sense, uh, when we were going to spend our time out. And so what I love about our space is that, you know, just, I think just by virtue of how much space we have and how distance we're able to make these tables, uh, we've created a really safe environment and the reviews that we've been getting across pretty much every platform the one consistent thing is we felt safe. We felt protected. We felt taken care of. Uh, and that's a credit to the team down there. That's a credit to the work that they're doing. So um, if yeah. you're not ready to come out, go ahead. Sorry, I would, I would add, um, like, yeah, it was, it was a little weird for me last Saturday pulling into the brewery to a mostly full parking lot into a, a line out front. Um, like, that just looks weird. But, but really, like, what it was is, to Ryan's point about our space is we we're able to stay, you know, under legal capacity safely um, because of that, because of the space that we have. We're it's really humongous. Yeah. yeah. So it feels very safe. And the line at the door is because we're holding to a specific capacity. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not because it's mobbed. It's not because it's four deep at the bar. Like you have to be sitting down. You're seated by a host. Like, everything is you know once you kind of get in you realize like that the the process is respectful and safe and so it's i think um, um yeah it's somewhere i definitely feel comfortable we need to give uh, the correction one more time that rudy is being shown thursday <laughs> march 25th not when Ryan said it was. I thought it was Ryan next. was wrong. What do I know? So P.S. I love you is the Thursday after St. Patrick's Day, as it should be. You know, who doesn't love Gerard Butler? Oh. I don't Despite know. I love Rudy. I'm, I'm here to neither confirm nor deny <laughs> his national heritage there. Now, Chris, I, you know, I, I appreciate you having us on, man. This, um, the beers that we're making down there are absolutely killer. You know, you tried a couple of them tonight, but uh, we can't wait to welcome people down. You know, these, uh, the the Irish breakfast amber, uh, the mint chocolate stout, they're really the tip of the iceberg. You know, we were, uh, I was very fortunate to hang out with a couple of our friends uh, from Inverness. They came down and saw us uh, over the weekend and um, Tom and Greg had a great time and tried some of the beers. Isn't Greg one of the best people in the world? Oh, for sure. God, I love that man. They're absolutely great. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, some of the things I think I just got confirmation today that we're uh, we're tapping up a, a Comet and Trident Pale Ale uh, this weekend. Uh, so that's one that we're looking forward to as well. And that's in addition to some of the focused beers around St. Patrick's Day and the holiday. Uh, so we're still debuting new beers even uh, 
you know, even in addition to everything that we've got just built around the month of March. So there's always going to be something new to try. Uh, there's always a chance to come down and and uh, and get uh, a different experience, a new experience, a new beer, a new uh, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, March is a great time to come to Guinness for sure. But uh, uh, it's also a great time with the weather changing. I would point this out again. Uh, head to any local brewery. Support Maryland Beer. Uh, do the best that you can to support these guys as we continue down this path of uh, figuring out the the way through COVID and through the uh, the way through whatever the next couple months are going to bring. Is the Guinness Blonde branded as the Baltimore Blonde everywhere or just in this area? Nope. It is Baltimore Blonde nationwide. Awesome. Yeah, I saw that packaging. I was behind a car that had a bunch of it in the back. Like they had so much stacked you could see. I don't know what they were up to. No, it wasn't wasn't you. It was someone who enjoys the hell out of of Baltimore Blonde. And I don't think I had ever noticed that it is – was it always called Baltimore Blonde or was that a branding change? Okay, um, so I'm not yeah, completely we, clueless. When we started changing it just prior to COVID? Okay. Yeah, just prior to, yeah, we started making that change. A little over a year ago? Yeah, we wanted to make it clear, you know, that that's a beer that exists nationwide and, and uh, even into parts of Canada. So we wanted to make it clear that it was coming from our brewery. You know, That's that really cool. Because from- I, 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 was, I was hoping that it was nationwide and not like just stuff that was distributed locally that because i thought it was really cool when it got the flag on the can and then adding in that the name change that's awesome do you want to give a rundown of the other allyship collaborations oh yeah so i mean just to say where so um so we have the one with alicia um the lemon pound cake we're releasing at the end of the month then we have another. I'll be there. That uh, is that the same weekend that Rudy's playing. That's Rudy. That's yeah, Rudy is you're right. You're correct, Chris. Right. Thursday, March 25th. Rudy at the brewery, 7:30 p.m. Um, but the beer will release Friday. Um, uh, um, it's 7:30. Ryan, that's what I said. You said 7 p.m. Didn't you? Never mind, Holly. Sorry, Holly. Ryan apologizes <laughs> for interrupting you again. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, no, so, and then we're doing another, um, I'm doing another, just, we're doing another site-wide kind of uh, diverse set of coworker collabs for April, which is awesome. Um, we're doing a sorrel-style beer. Um, so Jamaican sorrel um, is a hibiscus-based drink that typically has ginger, and then some people will put other things. We're, we're doing um, hibiscus, ginger, clove, and orange. Um it was a it was a pretty cool group collaboration because people were talking about oh the the season and maybe we wanted to use fruit maybe we want to use spices maybe we want to use flowers and our one of our Jamaican packaging team leads was like we got to do sorrel like this would be perfect and so you know so we went over you know we, we researched sorrel and figured out how we want to make that beer that's going to be awesome uh, that releases in April and then in May we're uh, collaborating directly with the Job Opportunities Task Force team, um, the the organization that is the beneficiary of all of the the proceeds from these beers, um, and we're we'll be doing a Schwartz beer with Vent Coffee. I love Vent Coffee. Me too. They're the best people. Wake up, Ryan. Are we boring you? No, I'm here. <laughs> I was checking my dates to make sure all that was correct. <laughs> 
I don't think we needed to fact check Holly. She's not the one that's proven to be wrong on anything here. One time. <laughs> okay. One um, time. So when can we expect to see the uncapped beer? So we should talk about that. Like we should come up with a meaningful um, kind of reason and month. Um, Why does there have to be an actual? Everyone always, every one of my ideas, someone says that there needs to be a reason to do it. <laughs> meaningful, meaningful reason just overshot Chris's runway. <laughs> isn't isn't I'm reun- sure that we can come up with something super authentically Maryland to do, uh, like from a timing standpoint. So um, we should talk about it. Can yeah. it just be like reuniting Chris and Todd? I mean, that's cute, but... <laughs> but no one will care, including Todd. <laughs> I mean, we'll just let everyone know that it was Ryan's idea and that he's... Well, what's good is that I'm on record about 35 minutes ago saying I do not support this idea. <laughs> what's really good is that I'm the one who edits this. And... Oh, great. <laughs> no, I think that'd be fun, man. You know, we're I think we're always looking for ways to collaborate. You know, we, we've been really fortunate in the last couple of years to work with uh, a lot of really great upstanding members of the community. And now we can work. Uh, so. And here we go. Oh, okay. Take- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there anything else coming up that you want to make everyone aware of, Ryan? Try to make the dates accurate. Um, we are going to be releasing two new beers out into uh the local market here shortly in a couple of uh weeks or months depending on the the way you look at it so uh game day amber which is the base beer that breakfast amber breakfast tea amber is uh representative of that's going to be making its way out into the world so keep an eye out for that one that's going to be keg only and then uh here in only in baltimore keg only in the baltimore maryland yeah greater yes you might see some up towards frederick i you know possibly towards that area but um, and then the other big one is uh, coming out early April, right, Holly? Sometime late March, early April. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Salt and Lime Ale uh, is going to be out in cans. So you'll see that at your favorite store, wherever it might be. Uh, and if you don't get asked to, to bring it in. Is that uh, a Goza? Or... No, it's not a Goza. Um, it's, not a, it's not a kettle sour. Okay. But um, it's what I, I love. I love that we're, we're expanding this beer. It'll be kind of closely regional, um, like... Maryland, D.C., Virginia, I think maybe Delaware, Philly, and maybe New Jersey. But um, it's one of those ones that we grew up from the pilot system and saw just excitement for in the tap room and decided to move it to the production brewery. So we use um, sea salt from uh, the mouth of the Chesapeake Bay, uh, actually from Virginia Barrier Island, uh, which is super cool, and uh, and key lime puree. and it, we're just, we're super happy with, with the way that that has scaled up. And so I can't wait to see that hit the shelves. That sounds That's really fun. good. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And actually if people want to try it, it's on top of the brewery right now. You can come try it. Yeah. The, the, early- the first batch, the pilot batch off of the hundred hectoliters on tap when draft in the brewery. And then um, we actually, this week brewed the, the first batch that will be destined for cans. So. I'll have to try that when I come out the weekend that um, Rudy's playing on the mm-hmm. thurs- the Thursday of that weekend. The twenty fifth. Twenty fifth, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so glad we waited an extra half hour for this podcast. <laughs> I I had a fairly decent excuse for being late. 
Yeah, sure. I would say you did. <laughs> sure. sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Thank you too much. Too. See, that's why I couldn't have the th- the the mint one now. Like one eight percent and one four, and I can't even end a podcast correctly. Um, thank you too so much for your time today and for um, dealing with me being very late to my own show. Um, thank you for Ryan for being as accurate accurate as you can, um, and Holly for. Being way better than Ryan. Hey, Chris. No, uh, all, all kidding aside, sincerely, man. I, uh, you know, as you pointed out, we go back a long ways now. You know, three and a half years to the start of this. So, thanks for always letting us be a part of this podcast. Thanks for always helping us get the word out about what's going on in Baltimore. And and thanks for all you do to support Maryland beer, man. You know, this is uh, this is something that people may overlook, but the fact that you bring in so many people, so much diversity, um, you know people of color, women brewers. I mean, we've seen a little bit of everything on your podcast and I think that that's uh, really incredible, uh, the work that you do. So we're, we're, we're very fortunate to be a part of it and uh, we thank you for, for allowing us to, uh, to do that. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. I, but in all seriousness though, everyone, I love Ryan and I'm happy that <laughs> he joined us. Um, hey, uh, real quick, did you hit record this time? Oh yeah, I did that with you before too, didn't I? <laughs> uh, sh- yeah, I did. Just making sure. Yeah. That was, you know what? That was on. I actually don't even remember which time was that. Was that, that when was I? Not, that was me. Oh, yeah. it was Holly, Holly and Peter, you never did that to me, but I was definitely going to bring that up, considering how much you've come at me today. I'm it, coming right back at you, buddy. Well, Ryan, it was not Holly and Peter. It was Holly and Sean. Holly and Sean. And it, was- <laughs> it was. You are correct. Again, Chris is correct. Yes. Damn it! <laughs> nice try, though, buddy. <laughs> and that that was when we were in the uh the brewer's office and yeah. todd had to stand oh. outside waiting for us <laughs> but thank you so much i always enjoy talking to the two of you um I, i'm guessing you probably won't be there on saturday the 20s oh saturday's no friday the 26th but i hope to be there i will be there because I want we some, I want some new Notre Dame gear. Are there going to be Notre Dame starter jackets with Guinness on them, or that would be amazing? I don't think so. But that would be epic. I would I, buy one. Whatever sure. the cost was, I would be coming home with a Notre Dame Guinness starter jacket. For sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Thank you so All much. Right, Have a thank great you. evening. Great um, to see you. And thank you everyone for watching and listening. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.